something has to be said about these tra the tragedy in Isla Vista. I just find incredible grief. Uh, it was my home for over 25 years. It was, some of you actually have lived there longer, and many almost that long. Uh, it's just grief, and it doesn't do much good to try to explain it, it but it's a good thing we need to grieve over it. Uh, I was thinking of the parents of the, of the young people that were killed or injured, uh, just the grief there is today, the families, uh, the young people themselves in Isla Vista, all of us. It's just a day of grief. There's nothing you can say about it that uh, takes away the grief. It's just so sad, and may God have mercy on us all. Uh, I, I think it is really important not to lay all the blame on the perpetrator. I think there is a very real sense in which we are all apart because we just live in a terrible place. It's rather ironic. I spent almost all of last week just conscious almost every minute of my waking hours uh, being worried about my oldest son who was traveling uh, from here to Lebanon and back. And I was thinking this is a very volatile place. He's going into a place where there's great danger. On Friday or Thursday before he left and before this thing happened, he was standing where the first of the incidents took place. It was, in a sense, more danger in Isla Vista then he was going to Lebanon and back. It's, we thank God. Uh, I, from the Lebanese, I learned, Nushka Allah. Thank God, whatever happens, thank God that we do grieve. Now, uh, some fun, fun things, just, but just, I don't mean to contrast this with what happened in IV, but uh, I am more and more impressed every single day with Jesus. Terribly impressed. I, I do try to spend time every day with some things of the Gospels because I want to know more about him. Uh, when I was about this, I think I was in the sixth grade. Parents, you need to listen to this carefully. When I was in the sixth grade, my dad, who was the pastor of the First Presbyterian Church in Placentia at that time in Orange County, took, uh, I think there was another man in the church also, but they took about seven boys, roughly my age, to the Griffith Park Planetarium. And I was just absolutely blown out of my mind. I loved going to that Griffith Park Planetarium, and it has never left me. And since that time, I have loved astronomy. It's just something that has been utterly fascinating and one of the things, I read lots of books on astronomy and on astrophysics. I just love it. And just a couple of little tidbits I want to throw to you today because they have something to do with the homily and with the gospel and the epistle. Now, how many galaxies are there? In, don't, don't you try to answer. I'm going to answer. How many galaxies, galaxies are there in our universe. Now, we live in the Milky Way galaxy, right? 
there are 200 billion. Did you get that figure? 200 billion medium-sized or larger galaxies in the universe. I can't even comprehend that. And how many stars are there in the universe? Uh, the Hubble telescope and all this stuff this, that have been developed. How, we, we can get at least a little better glimpse of what's out there. How many stars in the universe? Okay, a trillion is a lot. Isn't a trillion a big number? A trillion. There are at least 50 billion trillion stars in the universe. Not a trillion, 50 billion trillion. That's a bunch. Okay, now the point for this, he made them. He made them. He made those 200 billion galaxies. He made them. I don't know how he made them. I've got some ideas. You're not going to hear them. He made the 50 billion trillion stars. That's power. He had the power to create light. And that's what the gospel and the epistle are about today. They're about light. As a matter of fact, as Father Nicholas and Father John and uh, Stephen and, and Father John Finley have pointed out, and I will again, uh, the, the gospel texts after Pascha, are, uh, and we do a lot about baptism, a lot about light. And what we, baptism, another name for baptism that has to do with light is what? You can talk to me. What's another name for baptism that has to do with light? Enlightenment or illumination. You have to be careful when you start reading some of the old translations of the fathers of the church because they'll translate correctly, but they'll translate the word enlightenment. And you'll read that very often, for instance, in John Chrysostom or St. Basil the Great or St. Gregory of Nyssa. But when you're reading that, you've got to be careful. When you read the word enlightenment, generally what they have in mind is baptism. Because we see baptism as enlightenment, because you've got to have some light. Do you remember the power outage a few weeks ago? At least we were in it where we live. The, the power went out for about four hours during the night. And during that night, not knowing that the power was out, I sensed somebody rustling around our bedroom. And I thought, no, this is not... There's not a burglar in here. It really didn't occur to me that there might be a burglar. There was something worse than a burglar. My wife. Wandering around the bedroom totally and completely lost. And I understood why. Because it was utterly black. It was the first time in the two and a half years we've lived there that there was absolutely zero light in that room. I couldn't see anything. I, there, you know, I, you, you have, people have silly things they think about. 
I've got seven things, seven little tiny lights, from the computer, the speakers, the monitors, and, and the clocks. There's seven lights in our bedroom 24 hours a day. And, and when you get up at night, you can at least see. She could not find where she was. And I couldn't really find where I was. Just enough time to get out to the garage, to get out there and get a little lantern so we could see. If you don't have light, you're not, not going to know where you go. Okay. In the gospel today, we have the man born blind, and he is told by the Lord to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he goes, and he washes, and he sees. It's sort of like Caesar, when he went, he weaky. I came, I saw, I conquered. Uh, he went, and he washed, and he saw. And uh, a remarkable miracle. There were two sets of blind people in the gospel, or two blind, two categories. The blind man had been blind from birth. The Pharisees, who could see from birth, were blind unto death. Two, two parties blind. The blind man, physically blind. The Pharisees, spiritually blind. They couldn't see a thing. Spiritually. Just couldn't get it. They actually should have known that he'd made 200 billion galaxies. Uh, you say, well, they didn't know that. Oh, yes, they did. Because they knew by heart. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Day in the day utters speech. Night in the night shows knowledge. There is no speech. There is no language. Their voice is not heard. You don't even have to have language to know that. You just look and you see the glory of God. And they should have known he was the creator with his Father and the Holy Spirit. Then, in the epistle today, in the first verse of the epistle, St. Paul says, and it, what, what's happening in 2 Corinthians 4 here is St. Paul is defending apostleship in general and particularly his apostleship because there are people who are saying he doesn't know anything. He doesn't see anything. We see it and he's wrong. And he defends his apostleship. So the statement I'm going to read is Paul talking about himself and the other apostles, but it can be extrapolated for all of us because it's true. And here's what he says. For God, who said, light shall shine out of darkness, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts, that were dark, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now this is an, when St. Paul makes this statement, he's referring, he's using as his background, the one who created the 200 billion galaxies and the 50 trillion, 50 billion trillion stars. The God who called light out of darkness. I'm impressed with the power of the sun, S-U-N. I'm just impressed with it. There's times I sort of get a, a, an incredible feeling of the staggering energy in this one little old sun. What power it took 
to call out of darkness into light all the light that we have in this universe. It takes at least that much power to enlighten your heart. It takes at least that much power to call light out of darkness. The people that sat in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. I believe, and I, I, when I, as I close, I want you to understand that St. Paul is going to pray a prayer that I'm going to quote to you. It's from Ephesians uh, number one, chapter 1. And he says, I am praying that the eyes of your heart will be flooded or be enlightened. Talking about baptism, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened, that you may know the hope to which you've been called and are, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance and saint, in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to those who believe? Power. It took power to call those galaxies into existence. It took power to create those stars. It took all that power to create that. And it takes at least that power to enlighten us that you may know the hope to which you have been called and the, what are the riches of his glory and the inheritance of the saints and what is the exceeding, exceeding greatness of his power to, according to the power of Christ when he raised him high above all thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers and names named in this age and in the age to come and seated him at the right hand of the Father high above all that authority. I can't prove this, and I probably wouldn't die for it. I think it took more power to get Jesus out of the grave than to create 200 billion galaxies and to create 50 trillion, 50 billion trillion stars. Power to have sight. To see is to know. To see is to understand. Don't you groan inside you to know God's things? Don't you? I don't think any of you would be sitting here if that weren't the case. Except the kids. They're here because you made them. But they need to know this too. To see is to understand. If you understand life is so different, to walk in the light as he is in the light, says St. John in 1 John 1, to walk in the light as he in the light is what you ought to desire in your heart. But if you're going to walk in the light, you have to be enlightened. It won't work otherwise. I sat for three years in seminary. Some of the men and women that sat near me, my classes, were really intelligent, brilliant people. 
And I remember going in particularly to New Testament Greek. And we all thought, if we can just learn this Greek language, we'll see what Jesus meant. We'll see what the Gospels teach. Do you know what actually happened? I think, now I'm not against learning Greek, and I actually still look at it. But I'm afraid that before those three years were over, we understood less about what God was doing. At least we were sure a lot more divided about it. Isn't that what tends to happen? If you think you can understand, if you think you can see by studying it hard in the original languages, where the Greek in this case says, well, it doesn't work that way. What has to happen for you to understand the gospel, to understand what is happening within you and within us and within the church, that you have to understand that it takes incredible power from God to call out, to call light out of darkness and to shine in our hearts. Okay. So, what might prevent that? Many people's favorite verse from the Bible is John 3.16, right? When someone want to quote for me John 3.19? Oh, I could have done it. Because Johnny had to learn those things. John 3.16, God so loved the world. John 3.19, this is the judgment. That light has come into the world. Who is the light? Talk to me. Who's the light? Jesus is the light. What did he say? He said, I am the light of the world. This is the judgment. This is the condemnation. That light has come into the world, but people love. What a strange word. What a strange word for the word that comes next. Because people love darkness. Can you believe it? People love darkness because their deeds are evil. If you're going to practice evil deeds, count on blindness. But there's a judgment now. There's a condemnation now because light has come into the world. There's no excuse for not seeing. Because the light has come. He is the light. He's come. We can see. Unless you want to practice evil. St. Basil the Great. He says evil is not a living and animated substance but a condition of the soul which is opposed to virtue and which springs up in the slothful because of their falling away from the good. What you want to do is practice virtue. I've lived long enough to know that many people just love to practice evil. They love it. Folks, 
That's one of the problems in Isla Vista. Is it not? The love of practicing evil, and much of the time in Isla Vista, there isn't the slightest desire to practice good. Virtue is looked on as stupidity or a waste of your time. You're in college, have fun. Indulge your passions. There will be blindness. But it isn't just IV. We need to all be so careful. The light has come. The light not only shone in the heart of Paul, but it shone in our hearts. The light of the glory of the gospel in the face of Jesus Christ. If you want to know, and if you want to see, you need to take the power of the light. It's pitch black in here, hopefully at least. Pitch black. It's roughly 5 o'clock on Pascha morning. Right? We're quiet. What's the first thing the priest is going to say? Come take the light. That's the invitation. That's his invitation to begin the whole thing. Come take the light. Which can't ever be put out by darkness. Oh boy. Aren't you thrilled that he who made 200 billion galaxies and 50 billion trillion stars has exercised that much power in your life to give you the light, then live accordingly. We're going to sing in a few minutes. I hope it's true of us all. We have seen the true light. We have found the true faith, worshiping the Trinity undivided. Oh, folks, it's so important. Take the light. Practice, practice virtue. Trust in God for the enlightenment of our hearts.